This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Ball pits don't sustain your weight. You just fall to the bottom. I feel like bar How bar deep was the way. fall pit? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Conjecture and a Horrorist Podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm your host, Rob. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Not bad. Not bad, Rob. Good. Everybody's yeah. doing Ready good. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody, we all have like a reddish themes in our backgrounds tonight for this movie we're doing. 1977 Suspiria. I'm pronouncing that right. Suspiria, right? Yeah. Suspiria. Okay, good. I just want to make sure it's a, you know, it's kind of an interesting title. Make sure I'm not saying something stupid. Um, do you know, know what that actually means translated? No, it I don't. Means, it means sigh. Like, like when you, like, like, yeah, like sigh? when you go, huh. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, not like, the, not like the weapon, like Raphael's. That's what I was know. thinking. Yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> Raphael Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That might be more appropriate for this movie. There's a lot of stabbing going on, but yeah, I know, no, it's, right? it's, it's, it's the exhale version of sigh. Huh. That's an interesting title for a movie that means sigh, huh? Yeah, I was thinking about that, too, and I think it, it's actually because, I mean, I don't really know the reason, so I'm not going to speculate too much on it, but I just think that there's a lot of anxiety building in it, so sighing is the thing that you're almost not able to do in the movie. Hmm. So so it's an wow. ironic it's an ironic title. It's an ironic title, but I could be totally full of shit, who knows? Yeah, he probably, he probably just like te- he probably just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. they are, uh, you know, Donatello, I think. Oh, Donatello. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, we got Laura doing accents now. We're, we're Laura, off to a good you need start. To do everything in the Italian American accent from now on, can you? All right, sure. All right. <laughs> so, God, I'm scared now. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, um, what are you guys wearing tonight? What's your backgrounds? What accents can you do? Uh, what do you. What do you <laughs> What what do you got going on, Greg? Uh, I'm going to start with accents. I can do zero accents, but if you guys are bold enough, you can force me to do them and make an absolute fool of myself. Um, we'll see how that goes. I'm the color palette in this movie. I kind of went this uh, conceptual route. So I'm wearing lots of bright reds and blues. I've got a red and blue cap, kind of a red and blue flannel and undershirt here. And my background is, um, you know, it's, it's toward the end of the movie. There's this rainbow colored peacock with a bunch of, I don't know, Laura, what are these things? Women put them in their hair. They're like pins or something. Uh, I don't put anything like that in my hair. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just like a, it's like a nice figurine of a peacock with spikes. No, the spikes, when she tips it over, it's clearly those things that women put in their hair to hold it in place. Like a hairpin. Oh, yeah, they're they're kind of like hairpins. So I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's toward hmm. the end. It's very iconic. It's kind of this vibrant peacock or whatever turkey. I don't know. So that's my <laughs> background. It does kind of like a turkey now that I look at it. You're right. Huh. It's like a bow tie, right? Yeah. With the bow tie. <laughs> it's got a red bow wow. tie. That's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> that's funny. Nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Laura? What do you got going on tonight? I'm actually dressed as my favorite movie ballerina which is not anyone from this movie, unfortunately. I am dressed as the Black Swan, played by Natalie mm. Portman. 
Nice. All right. Yeah. And my background is down the hall of the ballet school. And it's just really creepy that it's red walls, red ceiling, red floors. And the there's no windows. The only windows is like that stained glass. So it's just really, mm -hmm. it's creepy, but it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely your makeup for Black Swan is super creepy too, Laura. Thank you. You know, I feel like you could have been a part of this movie running around in the woods in the beginning of this movie or something like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, where was the fucking dancing? There was like, this is a movie about a ballet yeah. school and there's like no dancing. <laughs> there was one scene and then she was like a shitty dancer as she fell over. So, right. like, oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's implied dancing, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for me, uh, my background is kind of similar to Laura's. It's, it's just a set piece from the movie. Uh, I don't even know how you would describe it. It's almost like a little like hall area. It has the red walls and, almost like art deco greg would you consider that art deco would you consider that i don't even know maybe let's call it art deco i don't, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what the right term would be it's but. very eclectic i mean it's it's got like reds and whites and the pattern's got lots of you know circles and diamonds and just it's very clashy you could say yeah 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 so that's my background and then my my outfit you know greg didn't mention that me and him are actually oh, yeah actually part of this movie so greg is somewhat dressed <laughs> as the dog in this movie the blind man's dog and greg has his little ears we did it with a zoom filter yeah um you know and then i have i'm the blind man apparently and i have my shades on and you know greg's gonna attack me later on and <laughs> sad to see but uh yeah so so that was my uh, that was my outfit for tonight one of the most uh not even jarring scenes, but uh, definitely a surprise. A surprise. I didn't know that was going to happen. That was crazy. Yeah. If any of you guys want to see these backgrounds, outfits, you got to check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at Conjecturing Pod on both. That's where we'll be posting them. Uh, so, Laura, let's see what we're drinking tonight now. Let me get the drop going here. What's in the cups? Greg, do you know? Can you speak any other languages, Greg? I can I can speak a couple of Filipino dialects, but just just the bad word, so... Oh, I was I gonna say, I was gonna say, can you do what's in the cups? Is a different language. No, or, or, I or, do you, I or, or do you want to just do it in your best Italian accent? <laughs> Tell me what's in the cups. Oh, there we go. We don't even need anything else, Laura. That was it. <laughs> That's all I need. Cosa c'è nel tasse? Good job, guys. Good job. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. So, uh, so what are we? Uh, what are we? Whatever you said, Laura. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking an Italian red wine, much mm. like the one that they make Susie drink, but minus the roofies, of course. <laughs> um, so I'm drinking a Sangiovese, and it's delicious. I love it. Nice. I like it. Very tasty. Mm -hmm. Very tasty. I'm starting to feel a little groggy, so maybe mine dig your roofied. I'm not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> Greg's pouring his right now. That is a nice mine's, sound. Mine's a cab, cab Sav. Keep the label, <laughs> cab Sav. What happened to our dialects? <laughs> Look, check out the, the label, though. That's pretty dope, right? That it's got cool like bottle. a ballerina dancer with a flowy dress on it. Uh, I specifically picked it for this movie. Nice. Good job. Good job. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So let's get to a couple updates real fast before we get into more of the show here. One thing we wanted to see right up front is something we usually say for the end of the pod. We want to say something a little bit here at the beginning is just how important it is to rate and review our podcast if you're listening to us whatever platform you're listening to on us please you know i mean i'll beg you if i need to but uh you know <laughs> please rate uh, rate our podcast i mean a, a five-star rating would be great whatever you want to do if you think we're shit give us a one <laughs> it doesn't have to be something long it can just be like you guys are cool thumbs up five stars you know that's all that's what i like um so just do that do you guys have anything to say about ratings reviews i do i actually do 
when it comes to rating podcasts, I will say that I've postponed rating a lot of podcasts because I'm interested in writing something insightful to speak about the podcast. And when I don't think of something, I just put it off and don't rate it at all. Um, I would just say, feel free. If you just think that we're uh, like a one star, give it a one star and then you can fill in your trash talk later. But if you think it's a five or a four, throw that five or four star. And then, uh, you know, you can always think of something to say later and edit your review and put that in. I would at least give a caveat. If you're going to give us a one star review, please say which one of us you're saying is one star. <laughs> at least at least put one star and then just put Greg and, or something like that. Just put just don't, just don't do the whole thing as one star. Come on. At least let us so we can shout out that one person and, and yell at them on the pod in the next week. That'd be cool. What about you, you Laura? Do you have anything to say? I don't think I do. No. 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 Laura Laura's afraid of getting a one star rating now. Um <laughs> I just I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, so like I said, just 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 rate us, you know, whatever you can. It takes five seconds, you know. It we really appreciate it going forward. Um the next thing we want to talk about really quickly is we have a new website. We got a new website up. Uh the website is podpage.com slash conjecturing pod. This is a it, it, this is the website specifically uh, for podcasters. It's made for them to, you know, be able to create podcast uh, websites quickly. It's easy, you know, to to transfer all the information over from whatever source we're getting our stuff from. Uh, it's also one that we're using with the Slash Guys Network guys as a promotion tool. So if, if anybody listening is a podcaster, they want to set up a website, I definitely recommend PodPage. Uh, I'm not going to shout out any like links or anything, but in our show notes from this episode, there will be a link in there you can use if you want to go check it out. I highly recommend it. It took me like five minutes, five minutes to initially set it up. And then it took me like eight hours to decide on, an, on a template. So, <laughs> so just because I'm super picky and anal. So, but I highly recommend it. It's super cool. You guys have checked it out. What do you guys think of the overall look of it? Oh, I love it. And it's so easy and clean. I yeah. love it. It seems like it's very flexible. Uh, you could create, you know, just the stru- especially if you don't feel like being like a web coder or hiring someone in his basement to charge you a lot of money to create this website, you know, and basically hold you hostage <laughs> for any kind of updates. This is, this is your chance to take control of your content and you know you don't have to be a genius to do it you don't have to learn html coding which is what we (laughs) learned in high school you know all those tags and all those you know Mm -hmm. cascading style sheets and all that shit this is very simple you set it up and you can edit at your leisure and it it makes you look like a pro yeah do you guys i was gonna say speaking of of the last couple shows we talked about myspace and and uh, cloverfield movie do you guys remember when myspace was a thing and you used to be able to like yeah if oh, you used to be able to put like a video yeah. and like how you would like you would like copy the actual code itself and yeah. like put it in. And I remember, I remember being like that was even that was over my head. And I'd be like, I'm copying all these ones and zeros and shit. I don't know what this means, but because this makes a video with PodPage, you don't have to do any of that bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, in in 2000, that. we all became web coders because of <laughs> Dude, totally. space. But yeah, yeah. You don't, that, there's no need for that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So this is again, yeah, check out the show links. If you, if you like it, go check it out. You can make your own podcast. Uh, that's cool to go. Um, yeah, so do you guys got anything from Shaun of the Dead last week? Anything you want to talk about there? I did see yeah, boy, to a coworker, <laughs> and he looked at me like, "What are you talking about?" No, you didn't. No, he and you I didn't. Are on cool terms, but he was like, "What?" <laughs> wow, that's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, fantastic movie. I think we all rated it extremely high. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's a must watch. Yeah, I hope I hope just everybody enjoyed that one. Had a good time, you know, fun, you know, especially coming into this movie this week. Oh, uh, it it yeah. definitely is a drastic change, you know. Um, but yeah. 
No, there we go. Yeah. Um, so like I said, with the movie we're doing this week, 1977's Suspiria, Laura, this was your movie pick. Why did you choose this movie, especially following up Shaun of the Dead? Like, what are you doing to us? Well, fuck. First of all, I've never seen this movie before. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that out the gate had no idea, but I, we haven't mentioned this. It is our 50th episode tonight. Oh, you guys. yeah. 50th episode. 50th oh, episode. Yeah. We did it, guys. We did it. We did do it. <laughs> I wanted to do something that was quote unquote a classic, a little bit of an older film. This mm-hmm. is obviously made in the 70s. You know, this movie, so many people in the horror community just rave about it. It's mm-hmm. clearly well liked, you yeah. know, amongst horror community and just even critics and all of the scores it has. Um, and also the fact that it was a foreign film was really appealing to me. So it really checked off all the boxes. I was super pumped to watch this. But the reason why I was super excited to pick this movie is because we have never done a witch movie. This is our first witchcraft movie. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The, you don't even realize that this is what this is until the last like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually beg to differ. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, so before we get more into the movie here, let's do our horror segment of the week. Um, we got the drop going here. Okay, uh, this week's question is from Greg. Greg came up with this question for us. Greg, so you want to, like, run it down? Yeah. So, in this movie, we pretty much discover that there's a dance academy, and they've disguised the whole building and the whole operations as a center for witchcraft you know on the exterior it looks like an academy where people are, you know young girls are hired to learn how to dance learn how to do ballet and become great dancing stars but in reality you know behind the curtains behind the stage they're practicing witchcraft and a bunch of witches so my question to you guys is if you could choose a business to act as a front for practicing black magic or wit- witchcraft what would the business be and why uh, do one of you guys have your idea already, Greg? Do you know what you want to do? I do. So I, I came up with a few, but the one that I thought was the most legitimate was having an escape room business. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you could literally design a room specifically for witchcraft purposes. You know, you would have a cauldron or I don't know, whatever witches do. Just make it look super creepy and, you know, just have people come in every now and then. And you could just call it an escape room and nobody would suspect anything. Um I just think it would just it would make the perfect front because you can hide it and you can do all sorts of witchy, weird black magic things. And, you know, it would fly completely under the radar. Hmm. That's true. I like it. I like it. They'll be like, don't mind that cauldron in the corner. It's part of the display. It's, it's part yeah. of the game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, like I like that. It. That's smart. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. Okay, Laura, do you have an idea of what business or type of? Yeah, sort of similar. I think that. We need to have this in plain sight. I, I really do. I think that it's so obvious and maybe there's like fun rumors, but really no one will ever suspect it. Now, are you guys Buffy fans at all? Uh, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Buffy. The magic box. Like, something like that. Like a magic store. That oh, that was the thing? Oh, right. Witchy shit. They sell books. Oh. They sell crystals. They sell like weird herbs and trinkets. And it's just mm-hmm. like... You know, if I'm going to be doing all that shit in the back, I feel like I want the this place to have the right like feng shui and energy. And I, I think just in plain sight, 
I could be the weird witch that works there and I sell kids some books and shit. They're like, oh, she's a witch. Ha ha ha. But no one would ever actually be like, actually, I think she, I think she's a witch. Like, you got to go yeah. arrest her. No. That's true. That's true. I keep picturing like the, the shop from, uh, what is it called? Gremlins? You know, where he buys Gizmo in the beginning? He, like, it sells all herbs and yeah. weird things. And, and he's like, I just got these creatures in. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah, see, we're on the same wavelength, Laura. It's like, yeah. it's put it out in the open. So that way, if like a health inspector or some type of auditor comes in and he looks at all the weird stuff, you're like, this is part of what we do here. Yeah, exactly. Mm, okay. Nice. Nice. Plain sight. Good job. Yeah. For me, like, the only thing I come up on the top of my head because I'm still angry about this is that I would pick Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> because because what? they're because they're just a bunch of evil assholes for taking away all our favorite items we love. So they they already got dark magic in there anyway. Oh man, they got rid of the cheesy gordita crunch. They are witches. Got that was the perfect answer. <laughs> I like how Laura's and I were like, yeah, just put it in the open. You'd like Taco Bell. <laughs> and that's the best answer. That's I great. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we lost a sponsor, but at least I'm being honest here. Yeah, it's okay. All right. <laughs> hey, there's no bad publicity, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're Del Taco. We're a Del Taco pod anyway, you know? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so good answers, you guys. Good answers. I like it. Yeah, if anybody wants to email us in or hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, their answers of what business or type of company <laughs> specifically that they would possibly use to be a front for Black Magic, you can hit <laughs> us up at conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. <laughs> we're just going to get a bunch of emails like, I fucking hate LL Bean. They fucking suck. They're Black Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, by the way, how did neither of us say hot topic? I'm surprised. Oh, that's true. That's true. Maybe it was too obvious. Maybe it's too obvious. Yeah, it's no. too obvious. Yeah. 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 Because um, half of hot topic is like a sex shop. It is? When did that happen? I don't know. Like dildos and shit in there. What? Oh, wait. What? No, yeah, Spencer, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're talking about another please, hot topic. <laughs> Rob, you are not cutting that You're out. talking about another hot topic. I think that's, I think that's hot top dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what story went to, Laura. Hot top dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Merchandise idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, there goes my segue shit. Okay. <laughs> um. So let's, uh, oh my God. let's, uh, let's get to our, our movie this week. Uh, there's no dicks or anything in this movie. Um, but let's, uh, let's count the footsteps. Let's count the footsteps and get to the movie this week. Um, Laura screwed me with a seg, with a segue. Oh, it's man, gone now. Sorry. That was weird. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, like I said, we're doing a Suspiria 1977 film. Director is, uh, Dario Argento. Am I pronouncing mm. that one correctly again? I got that one. Nice. Uh, budget. No budget, I guess, is unavailable. Laura, you couldn't find anything on the budget? No. And do you want to explain the box office numbers, Laura? I was confused about this. There, are, It's a lot of interesting information. I just, you know what? I just stuck with what it made in North America. Um, mm. And between mostly rentals and I, I think some, like, maybe private screenings, it made $1.8 million Wow. Since 1977. Hmm, crazy. Uh, Laura, do you want to do interesting facts? Yeah, let's do it. So the director Dario Argento's original idea was that the ballet school would accommodate young girls no older than 12 years old. The studio denied his request because a film this violent, obviously involving Mm. children, would almost certainly be banned. So Dario raised the age limit of the girls to 20, but he did not rewrite the script. 
Wow. When we're like, you know, hence the naivety of the characters and the dialogue, that all stayed hmm. the same. Interesting. Another oh, weird wow. thing was he also put all of the doorknobs at about the same height as the actress's heads so that they would have to raise their arms in order to open the doors, just like children no do. Kidding. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even notice that. That's I incredible. did at the end. Just really? because it was such a slow scene for walking down the hallway hmm. and then she reaches her hand out and I was like, why is she going up? And then I remembered. Wow. I mean, like looking back now, do you guys, were you guys able to picture that in some of the dialogue, like childlike dialogue? Oh, I can oh, absolutely yeah. pick out oh, several. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Damn. so fascinating. I wish I had known that. I feel like I wasn't paying yeah. attention to what they were saying then because I didn't, I feel like I didn't know that at all. <laughs> I was just looking at the backgrounds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the woman playing Helena Marcos was not credited. According to Jessica Harper, that's who plays Susie, she was a 90-year-old former prostitute who the director <laughs> found on the streets of Rome. <laughs> so did they Shoot. not use makeup? That was just what she looked like? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you, you look like an old haggard witch. Wait, Come be my, my movie. <laughs> my question is, when you say 90-year-old prostitute, you mean that she was a former prostitute and now she's 90. You don't mean that she's a 90-year-old prostitute. <laughs> oh, she's been working the streets for 90 years. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm. It could go either you did, way. You didn't dig that far into I it? I did okay. not dig right, that far fair. into that. <laughs> I don't want to know. Wow. And speaking of the color scheme that Greg mentioned, it was greatly influenced and modeled by Snow White. Did you guys notice that? Pick up on that very like bright Technicolor, di- almost Disney. Yeah, it was very Technicolor. I don't know. If Snow was it was Snow White. The well, original Snow White. Snow White. Well, yeah. that's the thing is like I-, I read that too as a reference everywhere, but like I don't remember what Snow White looks like. Me neither. Like like I kept referencing in my notes like Wizard, the original Wizard of Oz, like that Technicolor mm. brightness of that movie, because that's the only thing I know of that had the Technicolor thing. That everything was so bright. Yeah, hmm, crazy. Pretty cool. And my last fact here is that the creepy music was composed with the band Goblin. And it was actually played at full blast on set to unnerve the actors and elicit a truly scary performance. I love hearing stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know why. It just, I feel like anytime there's, you know, producers and directors go out of their way to immerse their actors into the world that they're trying to create. I just, I love that extra effort that they, they put into it. And I love hearing about it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Laura, do you want to do cast? Yeah, I'll just list off some of the main people. Uh, we have Jessica Harper. She plays Susie Banyan. Stefania Cassini as Sarah. Lavio Bucci as Daniel. That is the uh, the blind man who they have playing the piano uh-huh. the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alida Valley as Miss Tanner. And Joan Bennett as Madame Blanc. What happened to your accent, Laura? I, I mean, come on. I'm not going to. Well, some of these people aren't even Italian, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I said on, Bucci Greg. correctly. Bucci. <laughs> I didn't hear it. <laughs> hmm, okay. Uh, Laura, do you want to do synopsis? Yeah. Uh, okay. We have a young <laughs> young woman, Susie, and she moves to Germany from New York because she was enrolled in this very fancy ballet school. And on her first night that she arrives, she gets there and she buzzes in and the voice on the other end of the buzzer doesn't even know who she is and tells her to go away. Not off to a good start. And then as she's leaving, she sees a woman leave the ballet school screaming, running. So already just super creepy. 
And the next day she is able to get into the school and just really unnerving and strange things starts happening. And she pretty much finds out that the school is run by a coven of witches who basically are sacrificing their students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's just, let's just start. We always start. Let's start with the opening of this movie. What did you guys think of the opening a bit, Laura? I think they gave everything away to upfront. And that was actually in the music. Mm, did you guys okay. not catch that within minutes of this movie being on and that just deep and weird music starting there's a voice that just shouts witch <laughs> yeah for sure. oh there is <laughs> there, yeah. rob it's through the whole movie it, it happens every 15 minutes witch! yes i laurie <laughs> is scaring me stuff <laughs> uh i remember the music and i wrote in my notes i said opening voiceover saying something about a woman wants to be a ballet dancer that's all i wrote in my notes I didn't well, the opening has that, that too. First of all, I'm going to say I'm just sold on the 70s horror music thing. Yeah. I, I feel like we need to get back and get those producers to create mu- music for modern horror movies again, like Halloween, The Shining. And I know that they didn't produce this music. They got it. Like, I, I didn't realize, Laura, you said that they got a band called Goblin, right? Mm-hmm. To do the music. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to music later, but. You definitely start off with this recurring theme, like Laura said, that comes back time and time again. Mm. Um, there's this haunting clash of, you know, just different sounds and kind of a music box melody to it. it but yeah, for sure, there is this voice that shouts, you know, kind of, it's like a whisper shouting. It's like, witch. But I wasn't Loud smart enough fuck. to put the, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wasn't smart enough to put the pieces together. I didn't know if that was just like a voice just, accusing a person of being a witch i don't know but yeah you you raise a good point they kind of give away their cards at the beginning maybe i didn't realize what they were saying maybe because they're maybe i thought they were saying like bitch or stitch or i don't know because i didn't write it in my notes (laughs) twitch like uh, maybe yeah maybe this is where they fucking got the twitch stream they they watch this movie like twitch okay it's a good name for a streaming service uh i don't i don't know i didn't i didn't catch it i guess you know but uh but okay but what do you think of the opening overall like greg you love the music you love the vibe yeah i i do love the vibe i think the opening scenes set up the vibe for the whole rest of the movie and the main theme that i pulled from the intro was that like okay so here you have an ambitious girl it's late at night it's raining you know she's trying to get a ride out of the airport she clearly doesn't speak the language of the country that she's traveled to she can't you know the taxi driver doesn't understand her Mm -hmm. and it seems like there's no guarantee of contact at her destination like when she gets there like you said laura she she buzzes the bell and the person dismisses her that whole sequence of just being a fish out of water was was it gave me anxiety i thought especially back then that's incredible to to try to convey that in some way. And and it's like, well, if you're in that situation, you know, back in the day, you don't have internet, you don't have a cell phone. What do you do? You're in a foreign country. And I thought that that was the tone. They set that up for the rest of the movie. The whole movie was you feeling isolated and alone and not knowing what to do. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah, Cause let's just talk about the opening kill of this movie. Cause it's, it's, I mean, I would say it might be the most graphic thing in this movie and it's pretty crazy, Mm -hmm. but Laura, what what do you think about the opening kill of this movie with this Pat chick and all the shit that happens to her? I think looking back, I was into it. I mean, obviously not only is it a foreign film, but it's from the seventies. So we're already, at least for me, I'm giving it a lot of slack, you know? Um, Did I find it scary? No. Did I find it gruesome? I did. 
However, and I totally get why they did this, but the blood in this movie is bright red. And it's yeah. bright yeah. red to mimic the color scheme they have going on. So visually, it's stunning. It looks really cool. But I mean, blood that red is not blood. So you're. It kind of looks like paint. Yeah. Right? So for me, I'm taken mm-hmm. out like, okay. And there, there's actually one scene where this girl, Pat, she's getting stabbed. And they zoom in on the knife going in and you see it actually go into her real beating heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just, you guys, I'm very conflicted with this movie because in theory, it's really cool. And I, I appreciate it. I give it all the credit in the world, but did it work for me? I'm like, eh, not really. Really? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Greg? What do you think about the whole, you know, first uh, kill on this movie and didn't work for you? Yeah. It, it, I thought it was good. Um, you, I, I, I constantly found myself saying this is 1977. This yes. Is 1977. Yes. This is 1977. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the weird edits that were, that you were seeing and a lot of the, I guess you would call it lack of special effects. I let slide Mm -hmm. and I allowed myself to get immersed in it. So, you know, when the hairy arm breaks through the window when you show this close up of the, of the heart and the chest cavity. And I allowed myself to think that that was real. And and it clearly was like, you know, someone stabbing probably a piece of meat or whatever, but it, I don't know. I thought it was gross. And then the way that she breaks through the stained glass ceiling and falls and hangs from that cord, Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredibly jarring. And yeah. then you see that her friend, uh, was also killed and you had that, that shard of glass sticking into mm-hmm. her head. It was one of the most, I thought, uh, gruesome openings that I've seen, especially for that time. And I, I thought it was really effective and it, it, it definitely screamed like, okay, I have your attention now, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm right there with you, Greg. I actually really like the opening, the kill of this movie, setting everything up with like this crazy scene. I mean, like I said, I think like you said, you talked about like the visuals, colors in this movie to begin with, the music to begin with, you know, then you have like this crazy, like, you know, a killing scene and just the way it is like the way it's directed is so, I mean, it's not it, it to nowadays it's odd. But back then, I feel like it was a standard because I, I made note in this. It feels very Exorcist the way it was directed. Yes. The same exact shot. So I looked it up and the Exorcist came out in 73. This is 77. This is four years after the Exorcist. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of this is very similar to the the vibe you get, especially in the opening of the Exorcist. We talked about the Exorcist when we reviewed it. You had like a 30 minute opening of a guy wandering the desert. <laughs> and it was all it was all weird cuts mm-hmm. and like fade in and outs of like the statue and the figure. And I feel like it's very similar in this movie and it works in this movie. I thought it worked. I remember in the Exorcist, I didn't really like the opening that much. Right. But I did feel nervous, not really scared, like you said, Laura. But there was one point where she's looking out the window, the girl Pat, mm-hmm. and you know something's going to come through this window. And just the way, like the timing it took for her to like keep waiting and waiting. And I'm like being like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, something's going to pop through this window. What yes. is it? And then they do the thing where they cut to the darkness outside the window. And then you have two eyeballs just appear from like nowhere. Very similar to the Exodus when they finally when they showed Pazuzu in that one scene where her like face pops in from the dark. And that actually jarred me. I was like, holy shit, like, what the hell is that? Then you have the guy breaking through the window and stabbing her. But to me, it was like the anticipation of what's come, what's going to be on this window. And then the gruesomeness 
I mean, like you're saying, the the blood stuff, Laura, with like the color palette, I didn't bother me. And I know it's so red that it's mm-hmm. clearly not real. But for some reason, I just loved it as like an artistic taste. For sure. And so like it, it, it didn't like, yeah, it didn't like draw me out. I wasn't thinking in the moment like, oh, that's not real blood. So I'm not fully invested. I was like, wow, this is visually so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing that just continues for this almost this whole movie for me. It's just visually everything is so interesting and different that it's really hard for me to not like certain things that are happening in the moments because the backgrounds are so cool or this other thing is so interesting. You know what I mean? So like the the opening, I actually really liked it for all these things, you know, nothing to do with acting, but just visually it's fucking crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get into speaking of like the, you know, the, the, the color schemes of like, let's just get into that. So let's talk about like the production design, the set pieces, color schemes, kind of music sounds a little bit elaborate more on what we've kind of been talking about that they set up in this opening, but just as like the overall aspect of this movie, because to me, that is this movie. Yeah. This is not, this is not like the best actors and actresses. The story itself is story itself is not like great. It's a decent story. It's pretty entertaining, but to me, it's just, it's, this is like a visual piece of art, Mm -hmm. the way it plays out. And, and so what did you guys think overall of like the visualness of this movie and sound? I agree with what you just said. I think if you took this as a piece of art and just looked at the set design and the visuals, it's a five out of five. I mean, it's probably, I I remember a few episodes ago when we reviewed Silent Hill, I kept saying, this is visually stunning. If I would have known that I was going to be picking this movie, (laughs) I would not have used that because this movie is visually stunning. It is the most incredible just like yeah the color scheme there's just bright reds bright blues every single room has these patterns and just draws your eyes which is probably a good thing it draws you kind of away from the acting a little bit sometimes yeah Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah so i think as far as that incredible and like you said music too music is super jarring like you said, Greg, the music alone had me so anxious through mo- most of this movie. It didn't even mm. matter what happened. It just the yeah. music alone made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't know it was about to happen. I really wanted to know it was about to happen. And the longer it took to get there, the more uncomfortable I felt. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Like the overall theme kind of visually and, and sound of this movie? Oh, my God. Incredible. L- Laura, I'm with you all that. The, the visuals were so striking. It's a, it's a very stylized movie. You could say you guys mentioned Technicolor, which is, it definitely has a lot of those, you know, aggressive, overproduced blues and reds. Like most of the scenes, or at least the ones that matter, are just flooded with a multitude of colors, mm-hmm. which is something you don't think would work in a horror movie. Like mm-hmm. when I think of horror, I think of macabre, like blacks and browns and grays and something that that brings your mood down. Um, but this movie has these like you know reds and blacks or greens and blacks and blues and blacks and you y- you wouldn't imagine that it works, but it it, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, the inside of the dance school just seems like this magically sinister place that you've never seen before. Every single room is something just incredible to look at. Like you said, Rob, like even if the acting in any particular scene was atrocious, you're just staring there gawking at how the background affects you. 
So visuals, like I said, like Laura's actually mentioned, five out of five. It's it's fantastic. Sound is some is another. It's out of this world. You've never heard or seen a you know movie like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The eerie bells movie. I can I still hear it in my head. This is I think a good sign of a of a song or a tune or a melody that's well crafted. It's one that you think about. I mean, I, I hear it in my head right now. It's just fantastic. And then there's this when really scary moments happen while you have that light um, bell chiming in the background. Sometimes they'll just throw in this baritone like bass synthesizer. And then when that hits, I don't know, something in my stomach just just drops and it makes me feel dread in those moments. And it's amazing. They have these weird percussion instruments. There's this, I don't even know what you would call it. I, in my mind, I was trying to picture what kind of instrument was making these noises. And I couldn't, hmm. I couldn't yeah. figure out what it was like some type of snapping drum that was hitting. There was like an offbeat Tom that would like hit at weird, weird rhythms. Um, and then you had that whispering. It was like a demonic whispering that go la 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 la. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys fully. I mean, it's, it's probably the thing I love the most about this movie. But I think it's so interesting, like you talked about, Greg, like the fact that it shouldn't work. You know what I mean? Like this color palette, this technicolor look, like the yeah. the music being so offbeat at times and so almost like not even in tune. Like it seems yeah. like if you take those aspects and you lay them on a piece of paper, you're like, this is fucking, this wouldn't work. This is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like why would you do everything almost wrong? But for some reason, it like all works in this movie. And I don't know if it's the fact that the whole movie is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So giving you something that is wrong in your eyes and your ears makes you uncomfortable. It makes you unnerved when you listen to something and you know, like, that's not correct. That's not right. So it makes you uncomfortable listening and watching this mm-hmm. thing. When it, and then it actually flips to where you're so unnerved and and un, you know unsettled by what you're seeing that it becomes almost a positive because it's making you feel such a way in scenes so it's so fascinating that if you break it down it shouldn't work but it fucking does yeah you know um yeah let's get into going from something we all love in this movie i think to let's get into characters acting the dubbing <laughs> a bit so let's go a little negative and then we'll get back to positive a bit but uh we gotta we gotta talk about it so do you guys want to set up laura do you want to set up a little bit of kind of we're in the middle of this movie a bit yeah so she gets to the school and they she initially says that she doesn't want to live on campus because it's like a boarding school ballet studio but they clearly want her to live there they want to have eyes on her and know her whereabouts and control her so she's walking down a hallway and here we go it's another one of those scenes where the music just yells witch and she's looking at wait wait it was it wasn't just in the opening it was constantly through this was all throughout the movie rob i'm so surprised you didn't see this i fucking missed them all i can't believe it it's crazy (laughs) he sees this woman who i believe worked there she was like a uh, she's like the cook like a cook yes Yeah. yeah and they lock eyes and that's when the sound like the witch sounds comes in and all of a sudden she starts falling down the hallway like oh she feels really disoriented and she's on her way to the, her very first lesson. And as she gets in, one of the teachers there is a hard ass and is just like, nope, you're going, you're going. I don't care if you don't feel good. Let's go. And so she's dancing and she's just falling over, all over the place. Just looks like an idiot dancing. 
Um, and she actually falls on the ground and starts bleeding out her nose and mouth. And in the next scene, you see her in a room now because they got her to stay. They have her all set up in a room with all of her belongings. And a doctor is seeing her and basically says that she hemorrhaged. Mm. And that can be caused by, I kind of missed this, but caused by if you maybe tear a muscle, which, I mean, obviously that doesn't make sense. And it's yeah, the doctor seemed true. completely suspect. Yeah. They were like waterboarding her too at the same moment. Yeah. They were like pouring so much water in her mouth. It was crazy. Yeah. And he tells her that she needs to be on a blood-rich diet so she cannot go down to the cafeteria to eat with the rest of the students and she'll have her food brought up to her by Lurch. That was Lurch. Lurch. Right? <laughs> that was fucking Lurch. <laughs> totally Lurch. I mean, what was... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's the butler, right? He's... um. Why did they make him like that? <laughs> I don't know. He's a creepy. I, uh, by the way, I guy. I loved the line in the beginning when she, when the the head mistress, what's her name, um, Miss Tanner, introduces Lurch, and what does she say? She goes, oh, she's like walking up the stairs and goes, oh, this is this is uh, Pablo's. His name's Pablo's. Pablo's. Yeah. He goes, this is Pablo's. By the way, he's really ugly, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, she's like, oh, don't worry, he doesn't speak English, so he doesn't understand. You can admit that he's ugly. And then you, then the camera switches to him, and he's got the most sad, depressing look, like he understood every word of it. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> they should, in that moment, should have been like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got that one probably. You I would have got that. that yeah. I would have got that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Pablos. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you guys real quick, like before we get into more of like the actual acting, which I we were supposed to talk about. Um, like you know, talking about the dancing. Greg, you're a good dancer, right? You know how to dance, Greg. I'm a right? good dancer. Why would you say that? Oh, I've seen you. I've seen you get down, man. You're a good dancer. You know what you're doing, man. <laughs> you know. Um, have you ever done any type of ballet? <laughs> have I done ballet? Yeah, have you done any type of ballet? This is the moves? most random question I've ever heard. No, I have not done ballet. You never, you never Actually, tried to do like a. Uh huh. I feel like in the fourth grade, our elementary school was very progressive. They made us do like a ballet that was that was themed yeah, to the Gold Rush. Oh. So yeah. we were like panning for gold, and they would make us like do these weird moves where you would like pan for gold and do like weird ballet moves. It's very interesting. Wow. So yeah, actually. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I haven't thought of, I literally haven't spent a moment thinking about that for about 25 years. So thank you for that. Yeah. Did you do like a little, what is it called? Like a little pirouette or something like that or a little twirl or no, you, you put your foot up on, you put your foot up on one of those bars and stretch and you're a little tight. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they gave us like, they gave us these, um, they called them sieves. They were like things that you would use to like dip into the river and you would like hold those <laughs> while you would do moves. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, you would sing, I think it was a, a Bob Marley song about painting for gold or something. <laughs> this, I, I, I need to see this. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, you got a tape? You got a, you got, did your, one of your parents I, videotape this I they remember, weren't scaring you? No, they didn't videotape it. I remember part of the song, though. Um, old time show from the bubbles. I don't know. I'll, I'll recite it for you guys later. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you, Laura? Did you ever do any like ballet you or know, dancing or anything? Yeah, I never did ballet, but I danced for 13 years. What? Really? Breaking, breaking in the streets. Were you a break dancer? Yes, I tried. One of the hip hop, I I did a lot of hip hop dancing and one of the classes, they were trying to get us to break dance and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't go so well for me. But um, really, yeah, I, you had, I was you had, you, had a, you had a hemorrhage. I was like, you had a hemorrhage I, in your head. I was one of those where like <laughs> I was good enough. Um, but I think a lot of times those things that you do as like a child and a teenager, then you kind of get to college, and it's like it. You know, mm. it's either you got to put all of your time into it, and or else that's it. You've kind of lost it. So it's definitely not like riding a bike. No, I mean I <laughs> yeah. feel like I can dance, but. I mean, am I, you know, could I go to like some fucking hip hop dance school right now and like perform with the best of them? Hell no. No way. <laughs> could you go to an audition of Step Up and, and at least make like the first string? I gotta like fucking maybe get on a treadmill before I try to do any of that shit. I am so out of shape. I would not be able to keep up with those people. <laughs> Like, I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> well, usually with dance class, you do like a 10, 15 minute warm up. And the warm up is dancing. And a lot of times when I'm really out of shape, I'll be doing the warm up like, this is hard. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, you're like, there's more? Now let's get there's to more? the real thing. Oh, shit. Oh, that's why you're like, I- I'm tired from walking to the building. Like, what is yeah, happening? Right now? Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm tired from just changing into this outfit. You guys gotta yeah. give me some downtime, yeah. Oh, oh that's fine. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to ask you guys about dancing because I, I am a horrible dancer. Like, I had no rhythm. So, w- in this movie, when she's doing her he- hemorrhage dance, that's literally what I look like. Probably when I dance, <laughs> <laughs> I look like I'm falling around and flailing. And I mean, she was literally poisoned. So, I'm going to give her all the credit in the world. But I, I will say though, this is, and maybe it's because I enjoy watching people dance. I really do. Maybe that bothered me. I didn't like how there wasn't any dance. I mean, mm. no, I already brought up the black swan, but think about any movie where dancing is like a big part of it. We see so many incredible dance numbers in dance movies. Yeah. I just thought I was going to see more. And I, I actually think that the remake does have more. So I, I, I can't wait. I, I really want to watch the remake. Yeah. I'll report back. Okay, good, good. It seemed like enough for me. Like, we got that one what? scene where they were practicing. <laughs> one scene. And there were a couple of scenes where they... So there are different... In this movie, you see there are different sized studios. You have these, like, rooms that are based on color. Red room, blue room, yellow room. And then they break off into smaller studios where, you know, uh, what's his name? Dan <laughs> is playing... Is- is playing the piano. <laughs> so I thought like I got enough of that. And then when you see the, the girls walking around the academy, they're all in these leotards. So I don't know. I mean, like for a horror movie, personally, I felt like I got enough of like the dance vibe. I didn't need to see a dance number. Dance vibe. Okay. See. Yeah. It's a vibe. Wanted, yeah. <laughs> I wanted the ending of this movie to be like the witch doing a dance <laughs> number. <laughs> cutting, uh, cutting, doing some, some, uh, break dancing. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, I, I thought there was going to be some kind of scene where maybe the main girl, one of the other girls is dancing and one of the teachers is just looking at her with her eyes and then she starts making her move. Oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah. Like that's the kind of Manipulating her like a voodoo doll. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It it is so weird. Like every scene where they're about to start dancing, they're like, okay, good. Go to your room. Yeah. (laughs) Like go to your rooms now. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I just, I just loosened my ankles up. They're so loose now. Like, come on, you know? It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, let's get back into the, the topic here that we were talking about, which is more like the acting of the dubbing. Oh. I know, I know we're trying to avoid the conversation. That's why we keep going into different conversations, but you know, I know it's not a positive in this movie, but I feel like let's just quickly kind of go through it. What do you guys think of the acting and the dubbing in this movie? Cause it's so interesting the way that it was done. Uh, what do you think, Laura? You know, the dubbing 
was hard at first, but I feel like I did get used to it pretty quickly. And overall, dubbing actually doesn't bother me because I've watched numerous other shows and movies with it. If you guys ever watch Dark, I feel like if you can get through Dark, mm-hmm. then you can handle movie with dubbing. Whereas I know people who are like, subtitles is fine, but I cannot watch a movie where they've dubbed. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, again, in the beginning, it was like, okay, I got to use this, but it really didn't bother me. Now, the acting did, but it's a tough question because what if a lot of that is because of the dubbing, you know, then you almost Mm. can't even rely on the voices and the tone of the voices. You truly only can rely on like facial expressions, which is hard because if you have someone dubbing who sucks, but the actress is actually giving like a pretty good performance. It's, Mm. it's hard, but yeah, overall, like just looking back on this movie, the acting was not there. Like some scenes were just outright awful when they're supposed to be scared. And I'm like, is this a joke? When you're saying acting, you're talking about the acting of the overdub or are you talking about the actor or actress? Well, that's my point. It's two different actors. So it's, it's really hard. It's hard to form an opinion on it and try to separate one from the other. It's a weird approach. Like I, I, I can appreciate the idea of dubbing. And like, I think last week with Laura, when you revealed that this would be our movie, you said something about that actors would speak and act in their own native languages. Yes. So I one thing that I can appreciate about that is that if you do that, you're probably letting them be very comfortable in their element and saying what they want to say with the fervor that they want to say it. And I would guess that makes it probably seem realistic, but the final product is kind of weird. Yeah. When you when you when you dub it. I settled into it but at the beginning it was very Mm off-putting you know like the first girl would pat that ran away she was the worst when she yeah she was pretty bad when she met up with her friend and she has those lines like i'm sure that the actress herself in that moment was fantastic but the the dubbing you wouldn't understand it all seems so absurd so fantastic yeah all i can do is run away from here as soon as possible. Like, I know that you're doing is the best you can to match the words to the lip movements of the person who's saying it. But as a viewer, when that doesn't all come together, it kind of pulls you out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, the the acting is just whatever in this movie. It's not great. It's not, like, horrible, but it's just kind of like, all right. You know, but the, the yeah. dubbing is... It's interesting because the dubbing is so off-putting at points. But then at the same time, this whole movie is built off making you uncomfortable so i mean if this if it was their idea in the beginning to do the dubbing and make it odd to make you more unnerved like they do with the color schemes and the music like nothing seems normally done in this movie if that was part of it then that like that's fucking kind of genius but i think reading like this was just the way they did it in the time and this is the way they did it in in italy and like this is the standard of way they did dubbing back then you know so i guess it's probably not that so, but it didn't like ruin the movie for me, but I thought it was definitely interesting in the moment, you know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, let's get into uh, real quickly here. Let's get into just kind of some of the, I guess, more of the gore effects in this movie. <laughs> some of the, not even scares, but more of the blood, the stuff like that. There's a couple of good kills, I think, later on in this movie. Um, and you guys want to spot out any, you know, kills or anything like that you actually liked or that was crazy. What do you think, Greg? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the maggots. Mm. At at some point, 
you know, all of the girls are in the rooms. It's nighttime. They're brushing their hair. They're getting ready for bed. Everyone's in their nightgowns or whatever. And maggots start falling from everyone's ceiling. And that's really the first time you see that there's something odd happening at the school, right? Also, the scene with Dan's dog. Oh. He gets basically expelled from the school because the vice directress's uh, nephew, who is this the, weird kid. <laughs> the, the children of the corn kid. Totally. He, looks, yes, totally. he looks like a children of the corn. He's dressed in a kind of a pilgrim outfit. <laughs> and he just walks around, doesn't say anything. And, he's, and he hangs around pilgrim. with, with the, the hag cook. It's really <laughs> awkward. There's a scene where uh, you have so many good like uh, adjectives for these <laughs> oh, characters. Yeah. Apparently, the dog who you know he's a seeing eye dog. He helps the blind guy who plays the piano, etc. Walk around, and he's tied up outside. Apparently, okay, quote air quotes. He attacks the kid. I happen to no think way. that yeah, he attacks them because the kid's evil, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So he attacks them, and then. Um, uh, Miss Tanner, who's the teacher, she storms down the hallway and is like, your dog attacked him. You know, I better not see him within a mile of the school or else I'm going to have him put down. And then, of course, he takes exception to that. And he's it's like, you know, he's it's completely innocent dog. And he gets uh, he gets offended that, you know, he, because he thinks that he's a benign dog. And then he essentially he gets expelled. But then he threatens stupid. He threatens by saying, hey, I may be blind, but I'm not deaf. So he's basically mm-hmm. insinuating that he has heard things and he's going to spill the beans on what's going on, maybe the witchcraft stuff. So then, like, of course, the next night he's at a bar. And I don't know if you guys want to go into, like, what happens when he starts walking outside with his dog. Yeah, this scene was the most anxious scene of the movie. But he he leaves this bar with his dog and he's, of course, all alone at night. And he's going through um, like a courtyard of some kind, like big monumental buildings, but he's totally alone. And just the sounds and you can tell that this poor man, he can obviously hear and sense that something's going on. His dog keeps like stopping and barking. And so we just have minutes of them kind of stopping, looking around. Okay, they're walking again. They're trying to walk quicker. And the way the camera is just moving between them and the buildings. And of course, one of the buildings has this giant gargoyle type bit, like straight from the exorcist. It's like the Pazuzu (laughs) statue all over. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And you're just like, you know, they're coming and he knows they're coming. And the dog's just like, I don't know what to do. So uh, here I am. I'm just waiting for a witch to show up, something to pop up and kill them and I was actually kind of pissed because I was like, I thought Greg said no dog died in this movie. What the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And then it actually took me by surprise. It was insane. What they did was they used some kind of witchcraft to turn the dog on his owner, on the man he's trying to help. So then out of nowhere, the dog just goes right for this guy's throat, like Mm. right to the jugular, you know, knocks him down and just starts tearing at him and kills him. And uh, eventually, police are walking by, and they see this going on. And they start running towards them, and then the dog runs away. So, dog dog lives, but it's just it was it made me feel so uncomfortable. Um, I didn't see it. I didn't see that coming, and yeah. I just think like knowing it was a sweet dog, and then knowing that they're 
witchcraft was able to do that and turn him against the guy. And that was probably uh, his best friend, don't you think? Best I mean, friend, I know. That's his guide dog. I know. And they turned it against him, and that's horrific. I know. Plus, they all they show the way that the camera shows that you know the way that it's angled. You don't see the dog eating the guy, but you you see just above his body, yeah. and the dog picking at the meat, like of the his flesh, neck. yeah, the flesh. Oh my god! And it just lingered there. It was so horrific. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a super jarring thing. Like you said, Laura, I wasn't expecting it either. I don't oh. know why. It seems so. It seems so obvious, but it's just like I never. I don't know. I wasn't expecting. So when when the dog jumps up for his neck, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like crazy. Plus, you have to imagine, like, so th- this is the cool thing. Like, in a lot of the movies that we've reviewed before, a lot of the scare factor comes from enclosed, claustrophobic spaces, right? You're stuck. You're trapped. He's this guy is literally in the middle of this plaza. Yeah, this open square. He there, there couldn't be a single person for miles. Who thought they could make something that open and safe, like a, a threat and and scary? That's it was pretty amazing the, the way that they did that. And it was scary because you don't know where the threat is coming from. So like they keep panning to the top of these buildings or these statues, and you're kind of looking at the night sky. Like I don't know, am I going to see a witch like flying from the sky? I mean, you just it could be from anywhere. You just don't. Well, know. there were shadows, right? Were, were, did you guys notice the shadows? Yeah, there was those shadows. Uh, I took it something was flying, but you guys have to remember. Like I didn't even think it was still witches. I missed all the witch stuff for this oh, movie. So. Yeah. I didn't. I don't. I don't know what I thought. I you thought think that all like these bitches? Fucking, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I thought it was like fucking Harry Potter or Dementors or something. I don't know what was going on because I, I saw the, I saw the shadows and I was like, "What the fuck are these? Like ghosts? Like what is this?" So I, yeah. So, <laughs> but I did see the shadows. I still didn't be like, "Oh, witches." Okay. Okay. I wait. No I have idea. to ask. If you got to that part of the movie and you had no <laughs> idea it was witches, what did uh-huh. you think was going on? And two, I know you. You don't like it when you don't know what's going on. So what, were you just like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" I don't. I don't. I don't even know. I feel like I was just locked into the movie, and I wasn't even trying to do. You're like I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i blacked out yeah yeah uh no i don't i don't really know i i feel like i definitely knew like there was like a like a dark something of course like there's something <laughs> evil but i wasn't sure if it was like a like a ghost or like a demon or or i don't know what i never really thought that far into it if it's like what it was yet you know because i missed the under the other hundred times they said the word witch so i didn't i didn't know they that, didn't you know? say it they I swear it. they screwed oh, okay. you need to rewatch the movie and then you need to report to us and f- tell us how dumb you feel the fact that they yell witch just start the first few minutes just start the movie and within like two three minutes you'll hear it and be like oh <laughs> Maybe maybe I maybe I watched the Italian version. It wasn't even English. I don't know what they were saying anyway. <laughs> maybe that's oh why. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's funny. Hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let's before we get to the ending, we do have to talk about the the one other big kill in this movie, which is uh, what is her name? The Sarah. Sarah. It's Su- Susie's roommate, right? Her yeah. roommate. Yeah. You know, because she has a pretty gruesome death in that one, um, which is pretty crazy. Which is goes back to I think Greg talking about. It's very blue. Her theme was more blue in her in her scheme being chased and Is it gruesome? Oh you don't think yeah? it's gruesome? What is wait, why do you think it is not? 
Do you remember the ending of it? Well, yeah, I remember what, well, the ending. That's that's kind of what I'm talking death, about. Really. I don't feel like it was gruesome. Okay, Greg. Oh you wanna- my god! Oh, I will absolutely let me let me launch into this, and I need you guys, Laura. I need you to elaborate on why you don't think it was gruesome. So, Sarah, this is her roommate. She's been gathering clues. So, the at the beginning of the movie, you see that girl who's leaving the building, running away, who's got expelled. At the time that Susie's coming in, she was Sarah's previous roommate, and she left Sarah with a bunch of clues. Clues as to what's actually going on at the school. So Sarah, one night, she decides to investigate. She feels like the teachers and the witches that are behind everything at the school are onto her. So she's in Susie's room, and she feels like, you know, she sees the light come on in her bedroom, which is next door. So she goes, okay, I'm going to investigate the house. So she escapes into the attic. And as she escapes into the attic, she f- discovers that someone is actually chasing after her. So she more or less tumbles into this um, secret room. And she just basically wants to leave this school, leave and never come back. She sees an, a window in the top corner of the room. She stacks a couple of boxes, a couple of pieces of luggage and opens the window. And in the next room, she sees a window that will lead her to the outside of this house. And, you know, out of the grasp of the person that's chasing after her. So what she does is jumps to the floor, or what she thinks is the floor of this last room that will get her out of the house. And it is not a room. There is no floor. It is a tangled pit of barbed wire. Holy shit. (laughs) My jaw dropped, like openly (laughs) dropped here, and it stayed open. You don't really see the... The spikes of the wire. Yeah. It's not really excessive. You don't see it cutting her open, but the way that she moves in the pit, I feel like this is actually the proper way of doing horror, (laughs) you know, showing just the right amount of, of scary without getting too gruesome into it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first I have to say right off the bat, what kind of fucking building has like a window that leads into a room? Like that's not construction, (laughs) right? No, there's definitely, there should have been a door. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, that's ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, but I'm with (laughs) you. Like, like the, the barbed wire is crazy. Lord, do you think it wasn't barbed wire? What do you think it was, Laura, that it didn't, didn't affect look you? like barbed wire to me at all? You really? She was screaming because she fell on some, like, silly string or something? It looks like... <laughs> some slinkies? It was clearly coiled <laughs> and metallic. Yeah, it was <laughs> coiled metallic. That's a good but, reference. But you know, like, back in the day when you get a piece of equipment, like, I, I don't know, maybe, like, a cable box or something? <laughs> it is is this with... a real-life experience for me? Did you get a cable box in? Well, no, and so it always comes with those extra wires, but every once in a while it'll come with just like a little spiral of like silver and you're just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Is it like a giant fucking slinky? Like what am I supposed to do with it? Are you shit? Are you kidding me? You did, you thought that this was spare wire that came out of a cable box? <laughs> what? You know, like how big that box would have to be to be like, that's all spare wire. <laughs> But okay, so I mean, I us- I assumed it was supposed to be barbed wire, yes. But the fact okay. that you don't see anything except for her like inking in it, like it's quicksand, just like yeah. Ooh. Oh, you you needed you wanted to see the barbs on it. Well, if you fell into a pit of barbed wire, would you be sinking into it like that? No, it would be yeah, cutting you, thrashing you, you. You'd be cutting you into it. But she yeah. was just like sinking down into it. Like disappearing. 
She did not look relaxed and like lounging in the barbed wire. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think me and Greg took it as it was supposed to be taken was like it's barbed wire. I didn't think she looked comfortable sinking in anything. I thought she was writhing in pain and falling. I actually read acting. that the actress. I, I read that the actress was actually very uncomfortable. Like it was not. Obviously, it was just straight, smooth, uh, cylindrical wire, but apparently it was small enough to create a lot of these like pinches on her skin. Ooh. So when she went home, it looked like she had been bitten by a bunch of fire ants. Oh, my God. So she actually was very uncomfortable and in pain. Yeah, I don't know. It, to me, it was something out of a fucking Saw movie. Yeah. And I get, Laura, you're saying like you weren't able to see enough of like the jaggedness to it to make you buy into it, I guess. But do you think this also goes back, Laura, to the thing where we we said, would you rather fall into like a bed of needles or whatever the thing was? And me and Greg were like, hell no. And no way. Like, you were like, yeah, I'll fall into the bed of needles. <laughs> like, like, does it not bother you to fall into like things that are sharp? Uh, like, what would you do? Would you not be sinking into the barbed wire, Laura? Like, would you be like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to pop right out of here and, and jump out of the school? sink? Because of gravity. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> She was just, just the acting. She was acting like it was a layer of barbed Whoa. wire and quicksand. And I, I just was like, what is this? Yeah, I guess for, for me, I, for me, I wasn't like dissecting her acting and body movements in the scene. I was just more like picturing like myself falling in, yes. jumping down from like five feet in the air into barbed wire. Like, why are there would be that much barbed wire in just a random room is another thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But just, I kept picturing that in my head of like, oh my God, that is like, that's hell to me. That is hell. Yeah. Getting trapped in like a barbed wire fucking nest. And like, the more you move, the deeper it cuts right. you. So like, I was more envisioning what probably they were interpreting as happening than more what happened. So it was actually really gruesome to me. Mm. How would they have made that, Laura? How would they have made that more realistic? Real barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that, well, A, she wouldn't be sinking into it. She wouldn't. She would be, it would catch her and she would be in one position. I don't think so, though. And, you know, it would be like the barbed wire would be stopping her movement. So it'd be no, real, like, bar bag. Laura, barbed wire is not, like, super solid. It's really just a strand of metal. It's very I'm flexible. I'm aware. I've seen barbed wire so, <laughs> like, 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 have you guys, when was the last time you guys jumped into a ball pit? When you were a kid, I think you were light enough for the ball pits to keep you buoyant. But like as a any when you get above the age of like you know, or roughly above the weight of a hundred pounds, ball pits don't sustain your weight. You just fall to the bottom. I feel like barbed wire. How bar deep was the ball pit? Jesus Christ! <laughs> what kid is falling yeah, into like a fifty? Well, are you, it's been a while. Are you, the, are you the reason they shut down that Burger King up on the PCH? <laughs> <laughs> Jumping in ball pits. You know, like Discovery Zone when, like, you know, you're too old to get into the ball pits, but you jump in anyway to try to relive those past memories, and you get to the bottom and you get immediate claustrophobia. I'm just like, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is create a link between that and barbed wire, and saying that I've never, <laughs> yeah, I've never sank in a ball pit to like my death. I've never, that's never happened before. <laughs> Like you're literally falling at 32.2 feet per second square and there's nothing <laughs> stopping you except for a force. And if that's just flexible wire, you're going to sink as far as you can and which is going to be several feet. And I don't, 
again, Rob, I agree with you. I don't know why they're storing barbed wire. Like, um, I kind of half interpreted it as they were witches and they knew that they were trying to chase her. So maybe it just materialized out of nowhere. They just oh, kind of like it was magic. They cast Ooh. a spell and it just formed there. And when she jumped down, she landed in it. But it was definitely like if you allow your imagination to roam as if you're that person in that moment and you're writhing through it and realizing there's nowhere to set your uh like there's if you guys have ever been to those trampoline warehouses where you like jump from a trampoline into a bed of foam and you have nowhere to set your weight and you're just sinking further and further it's kind of creepy actually and, and scary and i felt i felt bad in this scene but I, again people everyone's different wow greg you do a lot of cool activities on the side i think you're jumping <laughs> in ball pits and foam pits and you like falling into things i think <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one day we can try to do a Mythbusters and drop a dummy into a barbed wire and see if they <laughs> float or. You know what it is too. It, there was that barbed wire scene in Saw, and that yeah. had more of the movements. I'm thinking, just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, About, I don't know. Laura. We'll have to compare that when we when yeah. we get to that movie. We'll have to, we'll have to throw you in some barbed wire and see what happens to you, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be for the 200th episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get to the ending then. Let's get to the ending of this movie now. Um, a little bit of the reveal of what's going on. I'm finally aware there's possibly a witch now. I'm finally in this movie. Um, so when do you guys want to set up the ending? Let me, before you set up the ending, I will, I want to throw in one piece of the storyline that gets you to the ending. And that's Susie calling. So, when her roommate, right, she's fallen to the barbed wire and she disappears. You, we all know she's dead. She's gone. Susie calls the only contact that she knows that knows Sarah, which is her psychiatrist. So she mm. randomly goes out to find this guy and she meets him at a psychiatrist. You know, it's daytime. She meets him at a convention for psychiatrists and asks him. And this is the, the moment where he proceeds to tell her all about what Sarah has told him, you know, apparently there's no confidentiality with clients, but you know, so apparently Sarah has told him that, you know, uh, she is attending a school where it's intended for dance and there's witches behind the whole thing. And so, you know, he's shocked to, to hear that she's gone missing. So then, yeah, Susie goes back to the school knowing that possibly the whole thing is founded by witches. And then she decides to go on her own investigation. Yeah, this is the moment in the movie where I'm like, oh, witches, now I get it. Okay. Oh, my God. So this Jeez. is the moment. <laughs> an, hour, an hour and 30 minutes into this movie, and I'm like, oh, okay. Makes sense now. Wow, what a what a shocker. Uh, you can't you can't have it like whispering at you in the background. You need it like actually spoken to you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, Laura, do you want to do the ending? You want to set the ending? Yeah. Uh, so Susie meets with that psychiatrist and she finds out that, um, there's a theory that the school was founded by this Greek immigrant from the 1800s named Helena Marcos and that she is the black witch. And mm. the theories were that, you know, she has this coven that's hidden within this ballet school. And, you know, Susie doesn't really understand what a witch even is and, he explains it to her in a really great way, kind of like a blankets, everything. And it's just that basically a witch is someone who causes injury to others for their own personal wealth. I thought that was like right. the perfect example. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he also gives her some tips. He says that there's always like a head witch, a leader. And if a coven is deprived of a leader, 
they are completely powerless, just rendered powerless. So now she at least has some tools and like, you know, okay, what we need to do here knows that she needs to go after that Helena Marcos. So she gets back to the school. And this is this is kind of where I really started to get lost in this movie, just because um, it takes a long time to get to where it's trying to take you. Yeah, she basically sees her dinner and sees the wine that she's been forced to drink every single night. And she's like, I'm not fucking drinking this. And she dumps it out. And then she's like, where is everybody? Just nobody's there. The whole school's empty. And so she starts, you know, tiptoeing around the school to try to figure it all out. And this scene took, I don't know, it felt like 25 minutes for her to get anywhere. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it was, yeah, this part was hard for me because it just took too long. And eventually she runs into kind of the group of all the teachers and the, the cook and Lurch and all of them. And she overhears, Lurch. yeah, she overhears them talking and they, they want her to die. They want, you know, they're saying death on her. They're drinking some kind of you know, wine. It's, it's had a very, uh, religious undertones, kind of like Catholic mass when you drink wine, yeah. you know, the wine and the bread. Exactly. And- so they were kind of doing yeah. that. They're drinking out of this cup. And one of the witches was saying, Oh, please, Helena, give me strength, give me power so like I can kill her. And Susie is able to find the hidden room where Helena is held. It's kind of like a secret door. And when she gets in there, she just sees her shadow behind a curtain. And it just looks like this. It almost kind of reminded me of the the movie Witches. That's what it reminded me of. Like, she just looks like a mm-hmm. haggard, old, bald lady with like a big nose and a wart. I feel like yeah. that's like what I was envisioning. And she knocks something over. So Helena wakes up. This. Oh, the, the peacock. That's right. Because yeah. Helena's really. Or turkey. Or turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally looks like a turkey with a bow tie. <laughs> so funny. Uh, she's able to become invisible. What she does is, is she starts taunting Susie. And she resurrects her friend Sarah from the dead. And this is super badass. And has Sarah come in, just knife in hand, ready to kill her. And as cool as that scene was, it doesn't last for very long because Susie sees that there is a lightning storm outside. And every time a lightning bolt strikes, it lights up Helena's shadow. Like outline. It's like an, it's like an outline. It's yeah. like an outline. She that. sees yeah. her. So then she's like, oh, now I know where she is. And so she takes one of those, you know, big needles from the peacock and just impales her hairpin, hairpin, whatever turkey um, feather. Mm-hmm. And turkey you know, after that, she's able to get out as quickly as she can, and the whole school goes down in flames because without the leader, you know, they're powerless. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of the movie. <laughs> and I said, like, hey, you ended it there. <laughs> that was funny. That, uh, wasn't yeah. that the end? Oh, I know. No, I did. That was the end. But it's just like the the sentence of like, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, it's just not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I really like this ending as much as it took long to get to this point, you know, yeah. um, like resurrecting the friend was fucking crazy when she comes out of that door, like, like her fingers come around the door and then it opens up and it's like, holy shit, it's what's her name? You know, or oh, she has barbed wire cuts on her, you know? So they were actually barbed wire. Uh, and she looked all creepy and all that stuff. And then I really do like the effect they use when the witch becomes invisible of like seeing her outline. It was almost like it was using like a like a light pattern where you could yeah. just see the outline of her. And you could tell it was like super like basic. I don't know what you call it, some type of camera effect. But it actually looked really cool actually being like not CGI or or not this like a practical use of lenses or something. It actually looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually really liked the actual ending. I thought it was pretty cool. What do you think, Greg? 
So the the whole ending was was cool. Like uh, you basically get down to the brass tacks of what the school is. It's it's a it's a school founded by a witch, and she's sort of like an emperor Palpatine type of character. She's like the emperor. She's the she's the one that's like pulling all the strings, and she gets to her room and and kills her. And that's the end of the movie. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. The concept is simple. She kills the head of the snake, and then all of the other smaller snakes crumble. The whole house kind of self-destructs as she leaves, and then she walks down the the street, and that's the end of the movie. I thought it was a cool way to just wrap up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, also, it's like when she leaves the when she leaves the school, you notice that uh, Susie is wearing heels, and I was like, "Damn, this girl did this whole thing. She uprooted this witchcraft coven in heels. Like she's badass. That's badass." What, what did you actually think of the ending, Laura? Did you like the ending? Yeah, I, I liked it. I did. I Like I said, I really liked how Helena used the body of her friend that they've killed to like come back mm-hmm. and get her. Because, you know, I, we kind of know this from all of the different other like witchy movies we've seen or TV shows or the lore of it. Like Helena might be the leader and she might be the most powerful. And that's true. Like she has the most power, but she's also very old. So why would she do something when she can easily use some kind of spell, you know, to have another body kind of do the dirty work for her? I I did really like that. Um, But, you know, besides that, kind of like you said, Greg, it was just, it was very simple. And then, you know, when you get to it, this was our first witch movie. And I feel like I wanted to see more of the witch, witchiness. Like what? Mm. I don't know. Witchiness. And so mm. I, I went into this movie wanting to love it. And there were things about it that I did love, but it's, it's still a film. Like, yeah, I can love the colors and love the music, but it's, it's still a movie. And so I just, by the end, I think it was taking a little too long. I was a little underwhelmed when it ended. Really? You know what, you know what they needed more of in this movie? They needed more energy drinks. You know, then everybody yes. would have been, everybody would have had more energy. They would have had a better ending. Maybe they would have made that. So, so speaking of energy drinks, uh, you know, one of our, one of our sponsors, we got Ray's energy drinks here. Uh, it's one of the best energy drinks in the market today. Uh, I feel like we're never going to be able to do this without laughing, but, uh, you know, you you automatically think uh, Monster, Rockstar, Red Bull, Bang, uh, but don't look past Ray's energy drinks. You know, they could have used them a lot in this movie, had a better ending, more witchiness in it. Definitely when she was feeling lethargic, she could have used the energy drink to get her out of that stupor. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe that's how she lasted so long as she drank these energy drinks to keep her energy level up. Maybe that's what they were drinking. That's what they were drinking. They weren't drinking blood. You know, they were drinking energy drinks to, to stay active. Good old Ray's. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Maybe yeah. don't compare it to that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, we, we literally have the tagline here. I'm, I'm having to read this. It says, you know, the, the you know, it's a miracle potion in a can. So there you go. Perfect for this movie, I think. You know, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, this is an honest product, an honest energy drink, zero sugar, no crash. You know, so if anybody listening wants to go get some raised energy drinks, uh, go to repsports.com. That's R-A-P-P sports.com. Use our promo code conjecturing. Uh, and that'll be cool. You'll feel energized. Maybe you'll feel like a witch. We'll see what happens. Uh, so let's, let's move on here. Let's get to, let's get to our ratings. We did the ending in this movie. Uh, Laura kind of went through a little bit, I think, of what she thinks of this movie ultimately. Um, but Rotten Tomatoes for this movie, Laura already said it up front. You have a critic, uh, rating of 93%. 
you got an audience rating of 83%. So very high, very high, very wow. high ratings. And I think I think just glancing at them, a lot of it is kind of what you talked about, Laura, if you take away from this movie, it's not good, but you can't take it away. It's in this movie is. is the visuals, exactly. the, the, you know, the set pieces, the music, the all that stuff. So um, yes, yeah, so with knowing that you can't take that away in your rating, you've got to rate the movie as an overall experience, you know, Let's do one to five. Let's do how many pierced hearts? Mm. How many pierced hearts are you giving this movie? And you can do positive negatives into that. Uh, let's start with Greg, because I feel like we kind of know maybe what Laura's going with. Yeah. So what do you think, Greg? One to five. Uh, let me just start with negatives. Of course, we've already talked about that. Some of the sound editing was was off-putting. The dubbed voice acting was kind of awkward. And again, the other negative to me was was the psychiatrist scene at the end. It felt very expositional. Um, but other than that, I just I I honestly had nothing but positives for the movie. I felt like this movie made the most of my style of watching horror movies, which is to put myself in the character's shoes. I mean, obviously. I don't know what it's like to be, I mean, how old do you think Susie was? Like in her 20s? Be like 20, right? 20? Yeah, I would have no idea what it's like to be a 20-year-old female in the 19, late 1970s going to a foreign country. But I, I was totally into being this person in this movie. And the way that they made it feel so isolated and um, drawing the anxiety from her being alone and not having any allies and going through this kind of fantastical horrific adventure by herself i I was totally sold on again the music and visuals nothing that i've ever seen done in this particular way before and lord mentioned this earlier it's like the way that it automatically commandeered my mood in every scene it just made me feel anxious and uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. i was totally on board i honestly think that this is one of the best horror movies i've ever seen i know that you know we may disagree on it but I'm just really happy to have gotten the re- recommendation. So, wow. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, um, it almost, with the exception of those strange things that threw me off, like when the music would stop abruptly or when the dubbing was weird. Uh, again, with the exception of that, it almost feels like a perfect quote unquote horror movie as far as I'm concerned. So, I'd give it a 4.75. Wow. 4.75. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Crazy, crazy. So so they cut out 0.25 of your heart in that pierced heart? Yeah, 4.75 4. pierced hearts. So there's about 0.25 of a heart that's Damn. just left there fresh. Wow, that's high. That nice. high. Crazy. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's go to Laura now for, I think, a contrasting perspective here. What do you think, Laura? What's, uh, what's your rating going to be? How many pierced hearts are you giving this movie? I feel like I already went through my positives negatives so i'm not gonna reiterate that um i'm giving this a solid three i think that um you know there were definitely things that took me out and it was really i was really bummed about that i mean like i said i really wanted to love this movie but it just didn't it it probably also is a hype thing it didn't live up to the hype of what i keep hearing but Hmm. uh yeah i mean that three again is just it's the visuals and the music and sounds and all of that it's incredible so yeah solid three that's interesting hmm that's crazy um yeah for me like i'm i'm on par with greg i i really enjoyed this movie overall i mean like you said it's it's uh it's the visuals, it's the music, it's everything we've talked about positively in this movie uh, that just really, like, it's just something I've never seen before. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Like I said, it just, it shouldn't work, but it does so well. And I, I just end up loving all those aspects, and it just helps me overcome 
you know, some of the plots or some of the acting or the dubbing stuff that just kind of is just like, well, whatever, you know, but behind all that stuff is a cool set piece that I'm just staring at. Clearly not even listening to the words say which <laughs> I didn't even know that, but you know what I mean? Like, so I really enjoyed overall in this movie, you know, I mean, I did think it was, I did, it did feel a little long to me. That was my only big negative yeah. was for, it's only an hour and 40 minutes. Like that's not super long, but watching this movie, it felt close to two hours. Yeah. It felt long. And I think that has to go with what Laura said in the scenes where she's walking around the hallways for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and there's certain scenes I think they could have cut, you know, maybe a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there that would make the pacing move quicker through the movie. So you wouldn't feel so long. And that was, I think my, one of my biggest negatives was just that aspect to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. I think uh, I'm with Greg. I'm probably going to say four and a half. I, I really enjoyed this movie overall. I actually enjoyed it so much that I know me and Greg, we all kind of chatted where we were watching this movie. Laura watched this on Tubi. Tubi. Tubi yeah. It's my first Tubi movie. A free like horror. Is it specifically horror? No. Or just TV or mm, it's, just movies? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think me and Greg watched it on YouTube. It was one of my first things. It was free on YouTube. So I'm like, all right. right. No it wasn't on, it wasn't on, yeah, it wasn't an Amazon option. So I'm like, shit. Okay. Um, so it was, it was definitely standard definition. It wasn't even HD. So I was kind of like bummed about that, but I liked this movie so much that I went out and bought the 4K release that they did of this in, in about two years ago. In 2020, they released a 4K HD Ultra Edition of this movie. And I've seen some stills online. And if you think the set pieces are bright and beautiful in the standard definition, Greg, you gotta fucking check out and look at this movie in a 4K HD version. It's wow. just, it's beautiful. I mean, talk about art. Like, it's just so beautiful to even look at. And it's super cool because, like, the original cinematographer back in 1977 was the guy that head up he was the one that head up the restoration and color palette of this movie when they redid this in like the 90s wow so so you know what i mean so it's just it's coming from a place of the original oh. concept of what they wanted and and so like i i went and bought it it's on amazon it's like 40 bucks um so i'm excited to watch it in that version and i mean i'm assuming i'm probably gonna like the movie more I'll, hopefully i'll be able to hear the word witch finally you know <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> but uh yeah but i i really enjoyed just the visual of this movie it was enough to overcome anything they did in this at all yeah but yeah so uh good review you guys definitely high marks for me and greg laura was a little bit a little bit under with us with a three but still just a, it's a good i mean you definitely have to recommend watching this to anybody it's so yeah. interesting of a movie you know our group average is a four there you, go. there you go. Good job. I like it. I like it. Laura's nice, already nice. doing the calcs. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I added it. Good job. Good job. She's a, she's our yeah. number cruncher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's it for the review this week. Uh, next week we got our uh, conjecture choice pick mm. coming up. So you know before we reveal that, you know, keep remember to send in your conjecture choice uh, picks you want us to review, what movies they are, and why you want them to review them. You can send them to conjecturingpod at gmail. Or hit us up Twitter, Instagram at ConjecturingPod. Uh, Laura, so do you want to reveal what movie we're doing and who it's from? Yes. Uh, this is from Brad C. Thank you, Brad. It is 2009's Drag Me to Hell. Ooh. Now, okay. okay, listen to this. You're really going to like this, Rob. Wait, wait, who's in that one? Wait, hang on. Hang on. Oh, okay. okay. Brad says, 
I am a big Justin Long fan, and I think oh. it is fucking <laughs> hilarious how much Rob loves him, too. I you do. guys haven't talked about him in a while, so I choose Drag Me to Hell. Wow. Justin that's so Long. awesome. <laughs> I, I, do, I, I do love Justin Long. It's been too long since we talked about him. <laughs> So I'm so glad that we get to watch okay, a Brody, movie with you. with my with my man crush in it next week. Um, yeah! Wow, that's so cool. I'm so excited for that. Wow, nice. I've never have seen guys, it. No, yeah. Jack, have you seen it? No, I have not seen that. No, hmm, interesting. If you had to be drugged to hell, drugged to hell, is that right? It'd be past tense. I think drugged, dragged, drugged, drugged. <laughs> are we are we back in the movie again? We're doing our accents. Uh, <laughs> If you had to be dragged to hell and you had to take a celebrity with you, I'm taking Justin. Who would you guys take? The Rock. Oh, obvious. Duh. Wait, are you taking them to to condemn them as well or just as a companion? Uh, as a companion? Laura's just taking him for other Man. reasons, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as a companion. She wants that Pacific Rim. That's what she <laughs> wants. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's like, you know. <laughs> forgot about that that's true <laughs> uh, what about you greg who's who would be your your choice celebrity to take you take the hell with you you know it's a it's a it's a dual-sided answer it's like the person that you would like you know your celebrity crush that you would bring in oh yeah everything's fine and dandy except you realize you've just condemned them to eternal suffering so that's terrible i hmm. i'm not gonna answer this of course greg is like feels bad about answering this question come on man <laughs> that's because Gre greg's really going to hell for being a serial killer that's why he doesn't take anybody with him <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question greg mm -hmm. that was good you stumped me you stumped me yeah i got you yeah uh yeah so uh so that's cool we got that movie coming up next week that'll be exciting uh you know lastly here before we sign out you know we want to remind everybody again please rate review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on throw us a five-star rating or, or whatever rating you think is acceptable you know we'll be happy either way um so that's pretty much it. You know, also don't forget to check out the Slash and Cast podcast network that we're on, slashandcast.net, for all the other great shows out there. Uh, so that's it for the week. This has been The Conjecturing. I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember, horror subjectives are conjecture away. See ya. Bye. It's it's fantastic.